Hello there, Longhorn fans. Welcome to another edition of our instant reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's Monday Presser. This one coming off the bye week, heading into a big-time matchup with the Kansas State Wildcats. And yes, shudder if you must, Longhorn fans. It is in Manhattan, a place that has not been too kind to Texas this century. Regardless, Joe Cook joining, uh, as always, uh, as he does on Mondays of InsideTexas.com. Pretty much covers everything under the sun over there. Uh, Joe, I guess uh, even though the matchup is a tough one, considering what Kansas State did to Oklahoma State just a couple days ago, the fact that Texas did get a break at an opportune time, is able to heal up a little bit, and also uh, maybe to tweak some things. Things with players, getting some younger guys reps in practice, and also the coaches really look in the mirror to see what they can do differently. That's a pretty well-timed considering the uh, the upcoming opponent. Yeah, I, I think you saw a lot of introspection from, from Steve Sarkeesian today. Um, we'll see what he's able to do to translate that to on-field results going forward, but it's an encouraging sign uh, to see nonetheless. And then, of course, you know, he mentioned he watched uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State with his son, uh, who I believe lives out in uh, California and goes to modern day, maybe John Bosco, one of those schools. And um, they were able to take in everything from from Deuce Vaughn having a solid game to to Will Howard throwing four touchdowns to just shutting out Oklahoma State. So um, that's definitely, you know, I, I, and I think you and I talked a lot about this already from going from training camp to eight straight games, they needed a break. And especially now that they're going to have to go face a top 15 team on the road at night, uh, definitely, you know, you want to get as much time to prepare and know what you're dealing with as possible. And uh, that that's exactly what the, the Longhorns have as they get ready to go up there. And especially considering they may have to uh, face two different quarterbacks or two different styles of quarterbacks any extra minute, any extra you know amount of time that you can get studying that to know whether it's Adrian Martinez, Will Howard, any you know or whoever they put back there because I know both have had uh, some injury issues and they had to throw a freshman out there. Any extra time that you get to study that film is is critical, uh, especially for a defense that's pretty banged up at least in uh, key areas in the back end. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the quarterback position, Joe, because uh, obviously Adrian Martinez came from Nebraska and everybody questioned just how big of a pickup that would be for the Wildcats because he was a lot like Spencer Sanders in that he really flashed as a freshman but really hadn't developed since then. Well, it turns out that Scott Frost uh, may be a little bit more quarterback screamer than quarterback whisperer because Adrian Martinez has absolutely hit his stride with Kansas State this year. Now, he's been hurt the last couple of weeks, though, which has given Will Howard another chance to play and boy you want to talk about a guy who is night and day versus the player that we saw for much of last season with Skylar Thompson missing extended time due to various injuries Will Howard has absolutely turned that corner right now and he is a bona fide starter in college football so I guess my question for you is which guy do you think poses more problems for this Texas defense yeah, I think it's the guy who's who's mobile. I think it's Adrian Martinez. I think even going back to the very first game of the year, uh, you saw how Texas had at times really does not do very well with mobile quarterbacks, and it really killed them against Alabama. Uh, really killed them against Texas Tech, and again, it, it did it again against Oklahoma State. The guys who aren't as mobile, and I know uh, Howard still got some ability to run, but the guys who aren't as mobile, they do fine with the more I guess one dimensional type guys uh, who you know rely on their passing ability. And Texas just doesn't give up huge plays. 
uh, through the passing game very often. They've given up some in the run game and a lot of chunks uh, to those mobile quarterbacks. So I feel like if you're Kansas State, you want Adrian Martinez out there. And if you're Texas, especially after having a, a game a game on um, uh, Will Howard last year or a game film of Will Howard, you know what you can get from him. And you know you can probably stop him even with that development that he's provided and given himself this uh, past season. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By the same token, Will Howard, as you just said, he is a capable runner. He does have decent athleticism. I expect them to probably try and move him around a little bit, move his pocket around, much like what Iowa State did with Hunter Deckers a few weeks ago. And maybe there are opportunities here and there for him to roll one way or the other and just take the ball straight up field for 10, 15-yard gain. And the thing that worries me about Will Howard with this Texas defense, especially with how banged up they are, and I know Steve Sarkeesian talked about Ryan Watts and Anthony Cook both progressing, still TBD as to whether or not they play this weekend. But considering just how banged up this secondary is right now, a guy who can push the ball down the field with the talent that exists outside for the Kansas State Wildcats, it certainly makes me shudder a little bit knowing what has happened to this team the last few weeks against uh, Oklahoma State, of course, a little bit more than a week ago. And then Iowa State the week before that, a game that came down to the wire here in Austin. Yeah, I get that. And I think you mentioned him earlier, Malik Knowles, that talent on the outside. It's it's still good. Every wide, every team in the Big 12 always has one guy who can really threaten you down the field. And heck, we even saw last year, Howard does have some wheels. Uh, he pulled yeah. away from quite a few players. Um, I don't know how many of those players were sprinting, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you, you, you really do need Watts and Cook back, at least one of those guys. Uh, to be able to go this week. And I, you know, just after seeing Anthony Cook in that sling and uh, the way Watts seemingly just, I don't know if it was a cramp or what specifically it might have been, uh, but I, I, I feel like of those two, Watts has a better chance to come back. Um, and, and that's going to be important for not just stopping Knowles, but having those safeties be able to focus and look inside a little bit more than having to, you know, focus their attention outside on maybe helping a, younger corner like Jameer Johnson or uh, even Austin Jordan having to help those guys out. So it, it's tough. I mean, again, we're talking about a top 15 team here, uh, well coached by Chris Kleiman, who does a lot with that system. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Deuce Vaughn, who really helps the whole thing go. I mean, for my money, Deuce Vaughn is right there with Bijan Robinson in terms of the overall talent. And he's been doing it more consistently. I think both guys are, uh, is Deuce in his third or fourth year? Both guys have been around about the same time, but Deuce has been able to stay a little bit healthier and really hasn't had anybody to uh, share touches with in that backfield. Steve Sarkeesian talked about a little bit about it today. And by the way, Longhorn fans, not saying I don't want Bijan Robinson over Deuce Vaughn. I said those guys are uh, on the same level. Still love that uh, Bijan is wearing burnt orange. Steve Sarkeesian talked about all the great things that uh, Deuce Vaughn does today. He's versatile. 
they do a great job of just drawing creative plays up to get him the football. Sometimes it's basic handoffs, sometimes it's pitches. He's also good splitting out wide, much like we see with Bijan and catching the football uh, as a receiver going downfield. He has great balance and body control. He can make you miss in tight quarters. And of course, he can rip off the big one as well. We've seen that a number of times throughout his career, Joe. And uh, he is a guy that I had a chance to speak with at Big 12 Media Days uh, prior to this current season. And even though I was already a Deuce Vaughn fan, obviously he's a Central Texas kid, which helps out a little bit. He is more impressive to just have a conversation with than he is somebody who who uh, who you watch play football. He's just a, a good human being, and it's uh, great to see him excel in Manhattan. By the same token, I hope that Pete Kwiatkowski, Gary Patterson, and this Texas defense have the answers to really slow him down. Because regardless of who the quarterback is, if you are bottling Deuce Vaughn up, it goes a long ways in you figuring out a way to slow this Kansas State offense down and then also ultimately win the game, too. Yeah, no doubt. What what they do with, with Deuce Vaughn is very similar to what Texas does with B. John Robinson, and you brought him up. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian, even something I guess I haven't noticed a ton of out of Deuce, but makes a lot of sense. They said he throws his weight around, and that's a little bit less weight than uh, some of the other running backs in this league. And I know I had to get one one joke like that in there, but everything you said holds true. Like I, I was able to watch him uh, back when he was here in Austin, uh, called a game with Wags, I think, uh, for his team versus Vista Ridge. And uh, it was so much fun to, to see him play and to see him just grow and flourish into – uh, another really short Kansas State running back who's really dang good in this conference. So definitely got to slow him down because if, if not, they're just going to feed him and they'll feed him over and over and over and he'll run all over the dang place. So um, not only is it you know Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, Gary Patterson, it's a lot on this Texas defensive front. They've done really well to limit the run game. I think you look at that Iowa State game under 100 yards. I think it was just volume of plays again uh, with Oklahoma State that did most of the damage, but they, you know, they they're done decently in just classic running attacks and, and shutting them down. This will be one of their biggest challenges in in order to do that. And uh, the Texas defensive front has to be up for it, not just Keandre Coburn, uh, but guys like Moro Ojimo, even Tavondre Sweat, and and Byron Murphy. This game's going to have the a, a lot of the balance of this game is going to rest on how those guys are able to handle the Kansas State offensive line and and then deuce vaughn behind those guys while it has been a little bit frustrating that that front three to four is having a hard time getting pressure on those obvious passing downs they are doing a much better job this year of defending the run especially against the tackles i know i talked to brian jones every wednesday he still has concerns about uh, how good a job they set the edge on the outside and that is even with a, a good nickel and good cornerbacks who come up and aren't afraid to tackle but you have to make sure that you are setting the edge on Deuce Vaughn this weekend because you know Chris Kleiman and staff have uh, scouted what Texas does well and what they don't do well defensively. And if they see uh, one of those outside backers, whether it's Ovia Gofu or somebody else uh, who plays a similar position on the other side, not doing a good enough job of forcing that running back inside, they're going to take that all day long considering just how quickly Deuce gets to the ed edge and then also gets upfield too. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know, Ovi, I wrote about him last week during the bye week. He's got four games to really prove that he's a better player than what he is. And I really do think he is. And I, I think he's showed effort, uh, but he hasn't showed being in the right spot. I don't think he's been as assignment sound as you would want a super senior or a senior transfer to be. So 
Uh, glad you mentioned him. This is a big game for, for Ovi Gofu and being able to hold that edge and, and be in the right spot. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Steve Sarkeesian talked about just how beneficial the bye week was last week. It has allowed some guys to get healthy, of course. It's allowed younger players to get reps in practice because those guys are going to continue to be needed throughout the course of the rest of the season. And it also allowed the coaches to really look at what they've done up to this point, what they've done well, what they maybe need to do a little bit differently. And he said that the rest and just uh, all those other things that they're working on in the off time uh, culminated to uh, help create a really good environment for a Monday practice today. And Steve Sarkeesian, he sounded confident that it was going to carry over to Saturday. Now, we still have a long ways to go until Saturday, and uh, it does feel like he's maybe said something similar in the past. I don't remember what the ultimate result was there, but uh, how much stock do you put Steve Sarkeesian into uh, giving a big compliment to just the energy and effort that was going on in practice uh, the Monday before a big game like this? I bet that's how it was. I mean, you have to remember that these guys had practice last week. I think they went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and gave them time off to go home, see their family, be away from football, watch football together, uh, whether college, pro, high school, back home at the alma mater. They gave these guys time off to just relax and recharge again after that that grind since the very beginning of August. And so to, to come back and in your first practice of this new game week, have that good energy, I mean, I, I think that's what you expect. Um, it's good news to hear. It's great to hear that it wasn't like, oh, these guys uh, were really dragging their feet a little bit. Um, but now you just got to keep it going. And, you know, we've we've heard coaches talk about how great a practice they've had a lot over these past few years. You and I both, Trey, uh, covering this program. And, you know, there have been mixed results. Um, it's good to hear. Like I said, it's good to hear that they had good practice, especially considering they could have come out and been a little bit more lethargic or, or anything like that. Uh, as a result of that time off. So, I mean, hey, whatever good news you can keep going, I'm sure that's a message that was relayed to the team. Like, you know, thank you for coming back and giving this effort and being ready to to get back to work because that shows, I think that does indicate some of the maturity of the team and that they're uh, a lot very, very committed to, to what they're trying to get done. But now, hey, like for the past 10, 12, however many years it's been, we just want to see it play out on the field. And as good as Steve Sarkeesian feels about things right now, even coming off of a a disappointing loss to Oklahoma State in Stillwater a little bit more than a week ago, he did admit that the coaches and this team are struggling right now to find consistency at that third wide receiver position. Now, obviously, this would be much less of an issue if Isaiah Naor were on the field and has been on the field throughout the course of this season, but he got hurt in the preseason. Therefore, it required guys to step, step up. Xavier Worthy, uh, remains the number one wide receiver. Jordan Whittington done an admirable job at the number two wide receiver position, even if it seems like at times uh, that he's not being utilized just enough. But who are the guys that you think are most fit 
to step up and really solidify themselves as that third wide receiver over the last portion of this 2022 season? At this point, it seems like you really have three options, and one of them is Casey Kane. And Casey Kane, last time we saw him on the field, had a really rough go of it. Um, he's been, you know, he had a really good camp, uh, but that was a long time ago. And we're in a what have you done for me lately sport. He hadn't done a lot for Texas lately. And some of it's been unfortunate. There have been overthrows, there have been bad throws. He's been, I think, a handful of pass interference penalties went against him. But man, that Iowa State game where it's just right there and right back on the ground, that really sticks out in a lot of people's memories, and, and rightfully so. Um, the other two guys, I think, are going to be Brennan Thompson um, and Tariq Milton. Uh, we saw a flash of Brennan Thompson when he got that uh, you know, swing pass at Oklahoma State and goes and gets Texas into uh, the, the tight red zone. I don't think they got anything from that drive. But that was a guy who was uh, facing some illness, I think, earlier in the year, bronchitis and stuff like that. Not only that, he played a position that I kind of like to term the, uh, hey, go win the game position when he was at Spearman. When you're running 10 threes or you know, sub 21s and you're playing in 3A football, you're going to have the ball in your hands every play. Uh, so he had to learn how to play, you know, wide receiver instead of go win the game. And he's made progress, obviously, there. So he's your other option. And then finally, uh, Tariq Milton, the uh, Iowa State grad transfer who we've seen make plays for Texas in the past, um, especially at Texas Tech in that final drive. Those seem like the lead candidates. But, um, you know, especially now that Ajay Hall is likely to be a, a, a guy who red shirts for the future of his career. But honestly, I don't know if it's going to be a third wide receiver as much as it'll be continued emphasis on Jatavian Sanders, Gunnar Helm, now Jaleel Billingsley, and Andre Karich, how those tight ends fit into this passing scheme. Completely agreed on the tight end position becoming that de facto third wide receiver spot. I do have to admit, though, I'm a little bit surprised that Tariq Milton has not made more of an impact on this season and you're right he has had moments here and there the uh the game in Lubbock is the best example of that but I thought we would get a little bit more from Tariq Milton considering the opportunity that presented itself when Naor went down yeah I think so too and I, I wonder if it's because of you know the way they want to use him uh because one of the things with Jordan Whittington is they've used him as like that X receiver at certain points or just one of the two receivers on the field and he's got to get past sometimes press coverage. And it's that's tough for any receiver, uh, but it's not like you know having the two-way go when you're playing in the slot. I think Tariq Milton, had, I think he's been in the slot more, um, but then that means you're bringing, you know, you're probably bringing Jordan Whittington off the field at some form or function. Um, it, it may just be a thing of opportunity. I think he's a good player, and he's been healthy, which has not been one of his easiest things to overcome throughout his career. It's just finding those snaps when, again, you're competing with some really good tight ends uh, for those snaps at, at that position. All right, Joe, Monday always provides you uh, additional opportunities to talk to Texas players. Did you uh, speak with anybody additional this week? And if so, what did you gather? Yeah, we got to hear from uh, from Bijan and Roshan. Those guys are our staples. Um, you know, the other guy who uh, they, they brought out there were, I think, Jade Barron and Keandre Coburn. Uh, got the candy corn question because it's Halloween. Nobody seemed really to be uh, into candy corn, but more on a football front. It, I just wanted to hear Bijan Robinson's perspective on on Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Bijan's a guy, and I remember I think before last season 
uh, before Texas went to TCU talking about Zach Evans. You know, Bijan A, he's just such a personal, per personable guy that he'll talk and befriend anybody. And he said he's done the same with with Deuce Vaughn. I think they worked out together in Los Angeles and uh, how much that how much respect they have for each other. And that's something we'll be hitting on inside Texas. I'm sure it's going to be a real key theme throughout the week. Looking forward to seeing what uh, not only Deuce himself, but even Chris Kleiman. I think they go tomorrow, uh, what they have to say up on Manhattan about this matchup, because that's these are two of the best running backs, I think, that have ever put on a uniform with a Big 12 patch on it, just in what they're asked to do for their team on a down-by-down -down basis. And they're, you know, of course, we talked about Adrian Martinez, Will Howard, um, Quinn Ewers, all the different guys. But I, I think the the big storyline heading into this game is going to be Bijan and Deuce. And, and, and Bijan's looking forward to it. He, he likes being able to go against a really good running back on the other side of the field. And uh, this may be one of the, the, the last opportunities or last handful of opportunities he has to do that in a Texas uniform. Because looking ahead, you know, you got Kendra Miller at TCU. I don't know if, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels is the star of that offense. We'll see if he's back. And then Richard Reese is making a name for himself, but he's not a household one like Deuce Vaughn or, or B. John Robinson, right? Quite yet. So that's what I'm really excited about. And, you know, with Bijan, you always get the respect uh, from him. And um, he's looking forward to going back to Manhattan and having another stellar performance because he's played in one game there and it was part of a 69 point performance, if I remember right, back in 2020. Both Bijan and Deuce, just really good human beings as well. You're not a big candy corn guy, are you? I'm neutral on it. It's like right. if it's there, I'll eat it, but it's not like, yes, candy corn season. Yeah, my wife is a big candy corn fan. I don't get it. It's maybe the, uh, the the biggest disagreement that we have as a couple, which I guess we're in a pretty good place if that's our biggest disagreement. But it is a contentious issue. It is October 31st, after all. We've got an eight and six-year-old that we're taking trick-or-treating a little bit later on. So uh, all the candy corn goes to her because even my kids don't like those things very much. I mean, they pale in comparison when you're talking about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Butterfingers, Snickers, Three Musketeers. I mean, you can run the gambit. Candy corn is like 20th on the list. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I may even go with mounds over candy corn, and I don't even like coconut that much. So <laughs> that, that shows you how strongly I feel about it. But I'm not just, you know, anti – I'm not a member of the anti-candy corn club. I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate it, but I won't seek it out. Going to squeeze in a quick Astros question before we go. Series tied at a game apiece right now after they split things in H-Town. Uh, it's uh, down to a best of five. Uh, you still feel, feel good about your Stroh's chances of winning this one? I do. Uh, I think pitching is going to make this game, this series, even game three, uh, game four, before the it turns over again and guys get their number one guys going up uh, in that uh, deciding game. Um, but I, I'm really confident. I think the Astro bats are going to keep it going. And uh, man, I'm excited to finally be able to say two time Astros. The Astros are two time World Series champions instead of just that one that. It's problematic for a lot of different people. Our producer, Matt Hutchinson, hopes you're very wrong about that. He is a big Phillies fan. He is wearing that Phillies hat. Is everyone's bats legal? He's asking uh, below our video feed right there. Matt is uh, hoping that the Phillies can get it done. There we go. There's the fanatic right now shaking his, uh, I don't even know what you call that, the midsection uh, at the crowd. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, as they hopefully resume game three tonight. I know there's some weather in the area, so not tonight, then they'll certainly get that in tomorrow. Joe, thank you as always 
for uh, hanging out and a great conversation on Steve Sarkeesian's Monday Presser. You can, of course, read Joe's work at InsideTexas.com, and you can see him all over the On Texas Football YouTube stream. If you haven't subscribed yet to On Texas Football on YouTube, please do so now. And if you like this episode, go ahead and click that thumbs up button as well. For Joe Cook, I am Trey Elling. We'll talk to you next Monday. In the meantime, have yourselves a phenomenal week and hook them.